Blog Talk Radio. In the world, you got to give me, give me mine, cause I'm heavy when I weigh it. Watch the way I say it. Ego trip. I changed my pitch up, smack my bitch up, I never did it. The flavor's being bucked, but brothers ain't getting it. Get it. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? Good evening. Been a minute. Been like two weeks, two, three weeks, maybe. Just playing this out in honor of. They were still releasing the, unless they released it of their first album in a long time. It seems a long time, so that's why I'm a little bit excited just listening right a little bit. But at any rate, let's get this party started anyway. Uh, I'm Scott Burks, um, and this is the Clown Hour. This is a podcast uh, partner of my sports blog, The Clown Times. It's Clown Spell with K. You can find, find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. You could also find me on Facebook. Um, just have a lot of fun on Facebook lately. Recently just told everyone and the mama about a profile that was done on me on bettingsports uh dot com. But at any rate, uh just I uh, actually that's bettingrunner dot dot com. I probably should get the website right. But um but just do a search for the clowns times again it's clowns for K in the search window up to the upper left hand corner. You'll be able to find me there as well. Um Big enough Afrocentricness, we're kind of sort of uh, today or so, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, which we do every single year, at least once a year around this time. Uh, that's uh, HBCU Sports, or Historically Black College Universities, for those of you who do not know. And I'll be discussing these topics with um, my man Dwayne Nash from uh, the Yard slash HBCU Sports, as well as Lead the Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Check out his show tomorrow night. Uh, so, Dwayne, um, welcome to the clown. Uh, how you doing, my man? Oops. Uh, Dwayne, I guess Dwayne just dropped off, so uh, we're going to let him come back on. Just a uh, little bit of technical difficulties here, but it's all good. Uh, you, you can tell I'm kind of rusty. Uh, but anyway... Uh, let's just, um, while he's about to uh, connect back in and call back in, uh, I was going to just talk to you about, you know, just little things. Like, first of all, um, you know, this is, uh, well, actually, he's back now, so he's about to save me here, so let's see what connect. Okay, great. So, Dwayne, sorry about that, brother. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Scott. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm I'm a little rusty. <laughs> it's been three weeks. <laughs> uh, I had a show, so I'm like just making sure I got the right button and get you passed in. But uh, yeah, so I uh, hope you like that Dale So intro. You know they're coming out with new albums, and just want to just uh, share the love and 
pretty excited about real hip hop coming back. Hopefully. Well, technically, real hip hop hasn't gone anywhere. But with De La Soul, I am just as ecstatic as you are. I, I heard you right. talk about it earlier. This will be their first release, if I their first studio release, if I remember correctly, since two thousand and three. Um, they've yeah. done something with Nike, and they've done uh, not necessarily a solo project, but uh, Dove and Mace, they did a project together as Plug 1 and Plug 2 about mm-hmm. uh, 2005. So I think this will be the first studio release in about 12 years. Eagerly anticipating wow. it. You cannot lose what they lost. So like they say on their last album, you know, how have you fallen off when you've been on top of your game your entire career? There you go. There you go. Well said. Well said. You can say the same about Tribe Called Quest, too, but that's another podcast for another day, and it will be a great podcast as well. Oh, um, but yes. anyway, exactly. Um, well, it's about that time of year again. It's about, you know, this college uh, football season is coming to an end, especially on the FCS and level. And time, yes, and, sir. Yeah, I know, right? It's, I mean, the time has flown fast. I mean, it's flown really well, but there's something that really sticks out to me, and we'll get to that in a minute regards to the Celebration Bowl. But okay. uh, but but before we like, we, uh, we go there, like what was like looking back on the college football season, whether it's be the mm-hmm. DS or the SWAC, uh, what were your biggest surprises and biggest disappointments uh, this season? Those two conferences. You know what? Um, there weren't a lot of. Uh, well, my, the, the biggest surprise when you're talking about both conferences as a whole, actually mm-hmm. for me was number one, it was Prairie View A and M, and and the head coach Willie mm. uh, Simmons, who used to be the uh, uh, the offensive coordinator over at Alcorn State. He's now the new head man over at Prairie View A and M. Prairie View has been traditionally in the middle to the bottom of the pack um, right. in, in in their division in, in the SWAC. But this year they came on real strong. They actually were eight and two, nine and two this year, if wow. not for that loss to uh to Grambling earlier this year. Actually it was a, a one point loss to Grambling due to a blocked extra point attempt at the end of the game. Actually not blocked but wow. missed extra point at the end of the game. Um if not for that, they would be in the um in the SWAC championship game this year and, and not Grambling. But um for him to be able to turn this program around that was five and five, five and six last year to a team that is now eight and two, fantastic job. And plus this team was picked to be about third or fourth in their division mm-hmm. only for them to finish second, like I said, a game outside of Grambling, which is going to represent their division in, in the SWAC championship game. The other surprise for me would be um, Alabama State, another team not expected to do much with new head coach Brian uh, Jenkins that, that that came over from uh, Bethune-Cookman out of the MEAC last year. This is his first year in the SWAC. Um, he, he didn't do um, – well, he, he got the team over 500. I think they were 6-5 um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this year. Nothing great, but they, they actually expected worse out of this team. So for this team to come in and, and finish third in their division under a first-year head coach, in my personal opinion, was um, a surprise for me. But um, the biggest disappointment to me would have to be the entire conference of the MEAC because of the fact that they just wow. completely refused to do a conference 
championship game. I was on this show last year saying that they should have done right, it. Right, I remember that. Um, that. That they should be thinking about doing it. And, and it just, the situation, once again, reared his ugly head again when you had a three-way tie. And um, unfortunately, you have two teams in North Carolina Central and in Bethune-Cookman that have to suffer that won't be playing any more football whatsoever because of the fact that they won't at least, well, even 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 if there was a championship game, the MEAC would have to split the conference into two divisions. And sadly, right. with the way that the divisions are set up for other sports in the MEAC, Bethune, Central, and A&T would have all been in the same division, and they would have had to have been a tie-break scenario, and someone would have had to have suffered. But I still believe that a team like North Carolina Central that went on a run of winning seven straight should have been selected into the um, the, the the FCS playoffs this year, and, and for them to be shunned was was a, a tragedy to me at least. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yes, but so going back to the whole thing about not having a conference championship, um, uh-huh. they have so the Mia, the Mia has less than twelve schools. They have less than ten, well, less than twelve schools participating in football. Yes. Wow, I I, I, just, I just assume I guess all these years that they had at least. 12 teams because I know with uh, well maybe I'm throwing off with Wisdom State once upon a time trying to get into the MEAC and then falling mm-hmm. back which we'll also get to later on the podcast incidentally but um, that's interesting so so basically I guess the NCAA has the same rules to on the FCS level and Division 2 and Division 3 as well as um, as uh, what's going on with the FBS in, this, in, the fa- in the sense that a compass has to have at least 12 schools and two divisions to have a conference championship game. Am I correct in that assumption? That is, from what I'm seeing, incorrect. Um, oh. Because you have the SWAC that only has 10 teams in their conference, and they have a championship game. Now, the thing oh, is, wow. it's, it's not a situation where it's mandated by the NCAA for you to have 12 teams. Um, I'm still trying to figure out where this whole 12 team thing comes from. I really am. Now I know in FBS, the the, the thing is that FBS, they have 12 yeah. teams, right? But right. but I'm still trying to figure out why it has to be 12. But like I said, um, out of all of the FCS school uh, conferences, there is only one conference that does a title championship game, and that is the SWAC, and they only have 10 teams. Now, I actually right. spoke to a, a coach in conference, well, in the MEAC this year, earlier this year. I'm not going to name his name. But I asked him about a championship game, and he gave me the same answer in which, you know, if they're going to do it, they need at least 12 teams to do so. Um, and, and I was a little shocked by the answer because, of course, this is an answer that I've heard multiple times. But, you know, I didn't I didn't want to accept it because looking at the SWAC, why would you think that the MEAC would need it, especially now that they're not necessarily given they're, they're giving up their automatic qualifier, but not their at-large situation? You know, they they can still have a team go as an at-large team, but I, I'm I don't know. It, it's just weird to me that wow. they feel as though that they have to wait in order to get 12 teams in in order to do it. But I I think that 12 teams is on the horizon. Um, Eastern Shore. Uh, they just talked about their history of football, which leads me to believe uh, that they actually know they, they actually have a football club that they've been playing over the past couple of years. So 
So that may be a situation that they may be looking at right now with bringing football back for Maryland Eastern Shore, which is a very storied program in the MEAC. Uh, Copper mm. State has had a, a football club over the past um, couple of years as well. And they've also talked about did, uh, adding another team into the MEAC as well, and that institution being Tuskegee. Wow. Tuskegee. So, yes. so wait a minute, so Tuskegee is like Division Two, aren't they? Yes, they are. And Tuskegee okay. for some time has been exploring moving up to one double A or FCS. Right. Okay. Wow. Didn't know that. So how? So so you're talking about the uh, Tuskegee. And first of all, your use of the word club, football club, sounds so old school. That I had to point that out. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 serious about Tuskegee. So. How is Tuskegee Financial? Are they able to support Division One athletics? I know it's a private institution and very popular institution at that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what their situation is as of right at this moment, but I know, sure. of course, that is one of the things that they have been researching for some time, trying to figure out, especially if they have the financial means of moving up to what would be a FCS or even Division One basketball situation. Um, mm. For that institution. Mm. Wow. So how long? So you say they've been talking about this for some time. Um, they've been so talking about this for at least at least two years that I know of. Okay. And I mean to the point where they actually have a Facebook page. I think it's called something to the effect of Tuskegee exploring move to FCS football. Is that spelled out or, or uh, on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> so they are extremely serious about making this, or, or at least they've put it out there that they that they are testing the waters. And my thought is, if they were to do so, of course it would either be the SWAC or the MEAC, and it would be a huge benefit for the MEAC if they want to do a a twelve team football conference and have oh, a championship yeah, game. Hell yeah, yeah. you got a you got a school in tradition, steeping HBCU HBCU tradition in Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. Going with the likes of the A&T Central, shoot, that you got three of the more popular HBCUs in Florida A&M in one conference. But see, that would be that would be a, cool, a huge cool. That's the yeah. other interesting thing as well, because while Tuskegee's looking to move up, there's been rumblings that Florida A&M may be thinking to move over to the SWAC because, of course, it will be easier for them financially to do so when it comes to traveling. And that's something that we can talk about a little bit later. I know you said you wanted to talk about the whole Winston-Salem State thing um, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. finances. All of that can be discussed in, in, at that point. So well, I think it would be great for us to talk about all of that then. Oh, yeah, yes. Well, I was about to say, since we're touching on it now, let's just get right to it. Um, okay. You know, I'm sure you saw the BuzzFeed.com article, uh, which is a very good read, by the way. Called how one black college survived the leap from Division One to Division Two and back again. Spruce and on with some state has a nice, like nice uh, picture of Bowman Gray Stadium as a backdrop and players practicing. Um, that just goes back to my childhood, right there, visiting that stadium. But we won't go there because I'm kind of old and I'll just go on the stories on and on. Sometimes <laughs> hanging out there the football season. But at any rate, it goes on about how in two, December 2009 that Connell Maynard talked about Winston State moving up, um, you know, 
to the to Division One to the FCS level, and I only happened to go back, um, uh, you know, back back down to Division Two rather. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is um, I remember talking to my brother, who's a Plot alum of West Ham State University, class of '98, and through other of my homeboys who I grew up with who went to West Ham State. And I remember that they were all severely pissed off, if that makes any sense. Um, just just mad that, you know, we forfeited a chance to play ANT and later on, and now it's central mm-hmm. to going back to, not, not, not that anything's wrong with the, the Seattle Bay, but going back to competing against the likes of Shaw, St. Aug, and um, North no, Norfolk State's a MEAC, I think. So, like Virginia yeah. Union, I know mm-hmm. all those schools. So, and it goes on about how even now, Winston State, a state school of 6,000 students, their athletic budget is less than the average Division Two athletic budget. Because I mm-hmm. think the average Division Two athletic budget was a little 5 mil, and yeah. Winston State is at 4.7 mil. So, mm-hmm. I'm 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 reading this article. I read the article, and I came away worried that if if a school like Wisconsin State, a state school, which means they can get grants and land grants and, and all that, it's easy to get funding, is still lagging behind the average in the own Division Two level. What's that say for the future of HBCUs in general in in in, in, in athletics? I mean, because I mean, they're not the only. They weren't the only school, even on the Division One level, that's hemorrhaging cash. So, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, I'm worried, very worried about the future HBCU sports in this country. And you should, particularly in football, um, especially well, well, with everyone actually. Um, full disclosure: uh, while I was a student at North Carolina and State University, I was involved in in, in student leadership. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I worked alongside with our student government association, and we had a very militant uh, student government association there at A&T. Um, I mean, if you look back in time with, with uh, Jesse Jackson being our student uh, our government association president, and then if you right. look at the uh, the situations dealing with uh, a lot of racism um, within the city of, of Greensboro, you just, it, it, the student government at A&T is extremely active. Especially when it comes to, to the social issues and, and human rights issues, uh, especially those rights that that deal with the students and, and even other HBCUs within the state, especially those that are state institutions. And one of the things that I kind of discovered while I was a student was that, unfortunately, within the North Carolina state system, uh, the HBCUs were on the bottom of the totem pole in terms of the money that was given to them by the state. Mm. If you looked at it. Just about every HBCU was at the bottom of that list in terms of money received from the state. And this was back during the early to mid-'90s. So I can only imagine what the situation may be like as of right now. So when you have a situation where uh, the state's not giving a lot of money, and that's actually talked about in the article, where Winston-Salem State is not receiving a lot of money from the Carolina school system, and also with them having low tuition, and also another issue that plagues HBCUs, which is low turnout for athletic events, unless it's homecoming, unfortunately, um, you're not going to get a lot of money. 
And when you don't have money coming in, you right. basically don't have the funds in, 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 in order to to participate on a particular level. And as you can see with, with a situation like Mississippi State, which is actually sad in, in my personal opinion, a school that has been winning conference championships and competing on a national level, especially over the past four to five years, they can't get people to come to the games unless it's homecoming. They can't get people to come to basketball games. It's 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 sad. It saddens me. As a matter of fact, um, Jay Walker was just talking about a situation with A and T. They had a game televised on ESPN three, a home game against Delaware State just two weeks ago. He said that for a team that's in first place and a nationally ranked team to be on TV for the, the fans for the stands not to be full was a travesty. Now it was for wow. the next week against Central, but the fans were basically taken out of the game early because of the play of, of North Carolina Central. So, you know, you, when, when you don't have people coming out to games and you don't have people giving back and you don't have any participation from alumni and you don't get any, any money from the state, you're going to be in situations like this and you're going to be in situations like with Wisconsin State where they had to move back and where South Carolina State was in the same situation just last year when they thought about moving back and actually had to drop some sports from their athletic program. Wow, that's just that's sad. That's so freaking sad. So it's very I mean, sad. Yeah, I mean and and now as I gonna ask you this, you know, since you know, you you, you alluded to earlier, you, you, you went to A and T for undergrad, I went there for grad school for my first graduate degree. Um mm-hmm. so it's near it's pretty much near and dear to my heart as well. So how are we doing? Like financially speaking, in our athletics department, like uh, again, we 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 we, uh, we have over like twelve, you know, thirteen thousand students, and mm-hmm. you know we we're one of the bigger uh, schools period in the state of North Carolina, and we're land grant, mm-hmm. we're one of the better engineering schools in the country. How are we doing in our athletics you know what? budget in terms of that? Truthfully, Scott, I don't know what our budget numbers are looking like like right now. Okay. But what I will say is this. Um, they've actually added uh, men's and women's tennis as of last year, which shows me that they're moving into a positive direction, even though they had to take away swimming. But my guess with the swimming situation is, of course, no one was coming out to support the swim team, So, mm. it, 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 which, is, which is also another sad situation because you, you only had – several HBCUs that participated in swimming. There are only two schools that I can think of off the top of my head that did it, and that was A&T and Howard. Howard still does it. It's a possibility that Hampton may do it, but I'm not 100% sure. But So there weren't a ton of uh, programs that, that carried it. So uh, I'm thinking that, you know, it, it was hurting them probably a little bit financially in order to do so. And I think like, this year is the last year. Um, don't don't quote me on this, but I think this year is the last year that they'll have swimming at A and T. But like I said before, case in point, I was just in Greensboro this past Saturday for the A and T Central game. Um, the regular season tickets were twenty five bucks, with the exception mm-hmm. of homecoming and the A and T Central game. And can you guess why? I'm almost afraid to guess why, but. But, oh, don't uh, be afraid. 
Well, I guess well, it's the, not because uh, people, if they if they have a regular price, season price, ticket prices, then they they try to get them to come to the games more than I guess they don't come at the end of Central game. You're close. It, 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 I, you you said it without really saying it. Homecoming and the Central game are the two highest, or probably the two highest attended games this year at Aggie Stadium. So why not make yes. up that revenue during those games? When you have other games like against Delaware State, um, I think um, they had a home game against Bethune-Cookman this year. Um, and right. another home game, if I remember correctly, was against Shaw. And so you can only imagine how those turnouts were in comparison to homecoming against Howard uh, and also against North Carolina Central. Yeah. Well, at least I'll say at least Central and NT gets right with the home-at-home thing, but nevertheless, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure, I mean, even though Central is a great uh, program, we'll get to them momentarily as well, that I'm, I'm hoping, but I'm pretty sure they are, been facing the same type of deal in terms of lack of attendance at a sporting event outside of homecoming in the mm-hmm. uh, Robert game with NT. So this is pretty. It's 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 just sad. So I also think about this too with the Division One schools. Well, what I mean by Division One is the FBS schools mm-hmm. um, not having like wanting to move away from scheduling FCS teams. You know, they, a lot of HBCUs are FCS teams. Which makes up with a budget for the entire season, and with mm-hmm. the other bigger, bigger schools uh, in, in the FCS level, the the uh, PWIs are uh, the predominantly white uh, institutions getting a lot of cheddar. Um, is this going to be like the beginning of the end? Pretty much, is it is the MIAC and SWAC and Seattle Bay going to be extinct? in the next 20, 30 years? I don't know if I say that it will be extinct, but they're going to have to make some serious uh, changes in how they operate. Um, There's several things that, or or several ways that I see that they are potentially losing money. Um, I mean, one of them, of course, the easiest thing would be have people come and attend games. But for whatever reason, regardless of you're winning or if you're losing, because I've seen it on both ends, people won't come out to games. It's just the culture uh, of HBCU athletics. For whatever reason, the masses won't come out to your games. But I will say this, some of the low-end total attendance at A&T would trump max capacity at some of the other uh, MEAC squads, well, some of the other MEAC school Stadiums because of the size of the stadium. Um, Aggie Stadium is one of the larger uh, one of the larger MEAC stadiums um, in the conference, which holds about twenty two thousand. Where I was just at um, a, a, a Green Stadium over on Howard's campus, which just raised their uh, uh, their seating up to ten thousand, which for a long time was seven thousand. So hmm. you know when you have stadiums that are five thousand. 7,000, 8,000, and you're not filling those stadiums up even on a Saturday? Yes, toast. <laughs> and then you add in a situation like with Howard. I was I was at a Howard Central game uh, two weeks ago. That stadium wasn't full because, of course, Howard is playing bad football this year. And 
you can only imagine how much they're receiving in terms of, of uh, gate revenue for the football year, actually for the past couple of football years with them playing as badly as they've been. Wow, that's just crazy. That's, that's yeah. freaking insane, dude. Um, so one more thing uh, before we move shift gears to the Celebration Bowl. Um, can't, like, these schools, like, do what other private institutions do? And maybe they do, and they're not, just not buying this. Maybe, like, provide, like, an incentive package, like, like, like for tickets. Like, you know, for example, like, have a package that, has homecoming, but maybe two other two other home games on the package, like a three for. I don't want to say a three for one. That's because that because they'd be losing money that way. But basically, you know, just have a promotional package. I don't know how how they'll do it, and maybe mm-hmm. the years that Central does come to NT, for example, or or any mm-hmm. or any school with like like with a rivalry school at their like like, like a rivalry game at their home stadium, incorporate that in another ticket package, kind of like a three pack. You know, when it's it, you know, it for the rivalry game. It, it, it's a fantastic idea. My thing is this. I don't know why, I don't know if they do it or not. And if they right. don't, I don't know why they don't. You see what I'm saying? Um, it's a situation right. where what they could do is when they don't have that huge rivalry game, they can offer a homecoming game and two other games in a, in a package, or they can offer – Central into other games in a package as well when they do have them coming into town. It, it's just something that, in my personal opinion, everyone can do. My thing is this, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard something um, said, if you're trying to start a business or if you're looking to do something, see what yeah. other people in that industry are doing. And when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're starting out, try to mimic it as much as possible, but give it your flair. Right, and, and for whatever reason, I don't know why uh, uh, these athletic departments aren't taking that cue in terms of offering packages if they're not doing it. I'm not saying that they don't, but if you don't, why aren't you? You know, why right. is it that, you, you know, for whatever reason, potential revenue isn't generated from, from selling apparel? I don't, I don't know how much revenue is generated that way. Um, I don't know why there isn't. A, a, a unified network for the MEAC when at least half of the institutions have some sort of communications program on their campus. All they need to do is just go ahead and record the games and broadcast them, get some sort of sponsorship, and broadcast the games week on a weekly basis. Mm. And you can generate revenue mm. that way. You know, or right. you can join up with the SWAC or the CIAA and the CX and have a whole HBCU network and do it that way wow. and generate revenue. That would be you that know? would be nice. And you know what? I bet more people would purchase that channel than 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 what they probably realize because so many alums love their schools, love going to homecoming, love those robbery mm-hmm. games. I bet they would tune in. That'd be a source of exactly. Be, I mean, not only a source of finance, but that's a source of pride. I mean, your own channel, all the schools going in. And you know, it's being one this. piece of that pie. It, it, exactly. Of course they would. But see, the thing is this. My, my, if, if I'm coming up with this, and as smart as I like to say that I am, <laughs> I know that I'm not the only one that, that, that has this idea. And I know that it's probably been attempted 
and for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. I don't know mm. why. I don't, I don't know, know why it not work. Exactly, and I don't know why it's, it's taking so long because money is there to be made. But yeah. why it's not, I have no conceptual idea. But like I, I, I said, we're, we're, no, I was going to say, I I'm hope talk- it's, I'm sorry to cut you off, brother, but I, I, I was going to say, I hope it's not anything having to do with petty, like, conference robberies or petty conference politics and bull crap like that. You, I hope that's not the case. You and I both, if, if it comes down to that, then, you know, I will be extremely disappointed. Um, I, I, I am in the process right now of, of doing research and trying to figure out exactly what the issue is um, because actually talking to uh, – I'm trying to remember whether or not I, I brought this up before on the show or not, but I, I've talked to Michael Wilbon, and I've asked him about mm. the situation because he actually wrote an article while he was working with the Washington Post back in the early 90s asking mm-hmm. why aren't Howard Gaines broadcasted in the district. And mm. that answer is, is mind-boggling, even with the university having its own network. They weren't broadcasting games, and they still don't. Mm. Mm. They'll, they'll broadcast them via radio, but they won't televise the. Well, they can't televise the games because the game, the, the, the network is public access. Are you serious? Oh my! I God. am very serious. Yes. Oh my! So, in order for you to air oh something on their network, you have to have a grant in order to do so. A grant. Yes. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> yes. So speaking of Wilbon, uh, Wilbon said the best thing for the MEAC and the SWAC to do would be to get together and do a network. Now, oddly enough, they got together to do this celebration bowl. Now, why not take the we'll next get step, to get together, and do a network? And speaking of which, I'm glad you brought the celebration bowl. I was peeping that, like, months ago when they made the announcement that ESPN will broadcast the uh, celebration bowl between the SWAC and the MEAC, which is a good idea, my opinion, this is my opinion now, good idea mm-hmm. in theory, in theory only. Okay. Because, I mean, because, I mean, hear me out. I, I think while it gives a great, it, it provides a tremendous payday, and I think it's, it's a conference payday or the team's payday. I'm not sure how that it's works, a, but. I think it's a conference payday, and uh, from what I heard, it's a million to each. Right, I know it's a mean, mean these, yeah. So it's just a conversation. Okay, that's good enough. But I also realized that when that announcement came about, that what will happen to HBCU squads and their ability to get to the, to the playoffs? I mean, I understand that, to your point earlier, that a lot of, a lot of alums don't, don't support these schools outside of homecoming and a robbery game. But. Mm-hmm. To me, this is my opinion. I mean, to me, a lot of the FCS uh, uh, playoff games are broadcast at ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those mm-hmm. platforms. And to me, I think going up against those the, the more traditional powers in, F- in FCS, like the North Dakota State and the Mont- University of Montana, that would do so much more for their exposure, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, I, I get – that this, what the Celebration Bowl is. But, mm-hmm. for, for example, this season, Northern HBCUs made the playoffs, made the FCS playoffs, which mm-hmm. is, I, I find pretty troubling. To answer your question, 
Hello, Scott? Yeah, 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 I'm here. I'm still here. I'm sorry, because it sounded like you got a little cut off. I apologize. But to answer your question, in terms of, well, first and foremost, let me get back to a statement and, and kind of correct what I said. Um, okay. The attendance thing, it's not a, a problem across the board. The one conference where it's not an issue is the SWAC. The SWAC team, right. they will go to games. Like, I was looking at the uh, attendance numbers for the um, the Alcorn Grambling game back in October, mm-hmm. which is, in essence, right. going to be the SWAC championship game in December. They had over 30,000 there that game. Wow. That's it wasn't homecoming. 30,000? Wow. 30,000. It wasn't homecoming. It wasn't a classic. It was Grambling. Not saying anything bad about those two teams because those are two very good teams, and as we all know now, the two best teams in the conference. They had over thirty thousand, if not over thirty-five thousand. Matter of fact, Magic wow. City at one point in time, the classic between Alabama State and Alabama A and M used to pull over sixty, seventy thousand. Damn, I know it's you know, big. It's, it's, I know it's big in the deep south, but I didn't know how big, how really big it is in the deep south. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So they 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 get about somewhere between forty and fifty easy at the at the um, Magic City Classic. So SWAT schools they will especially if you're a good school like Southern Grambling, Alcorn, uh, uh, Jackson. They travel, they travel well, and they will attend games. It, it's just a lot of these other institutions um, that that won't travel. Now A and T they travel, and, and also we have a huge alumni base. So we're in a, t- right. a ton of these big cities. Same thing with Florida A&M. Same thing with um, Howard outside of D.C., which is weird. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it is because they do well at the um, the New York City Classic, but they don't – and outside of homecoming, they don't do well in, 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 at their own stadium, which only, like I said before, only held 10,000. So, um, you know, just, just the whole attendance thing. Needs to be solved, but it, it 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 does. They do well in certain other schools. But to answer your original question about exposure, um, the, the the celebration bowl this year will be played on ABC. Um, right. it's the first bowl game played in all of the bowl series. Um, with that said, eh, it, it's great that it's going to be on ABC, but the fact that it's going to be December nineteenth. That first ever, it's the first ever game, and it's the first game out of all of the bowl games. You know, a lot of those early games, like the the Belt Bowl, and 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 and, and the uh, whatever your car uh, parts store bowl game is. All those games are played early, and they're not heavily televised. Well, not televised. Right. But they're not heavily watched on TV. They're so, um, yeah. you know, but I, I'm just hoping that the word continues to spread and that these and that people start to watch this game being the first of its kind because people have been asking for this game for years. It used to be called the Heritage Bowl and at one point right, I mean, it wasn't getting Bowl. Yeah, and, and then it wasn't getting any type of uh television uh airing at all. Now it is and unlike the playoffs, which don't get any type of well no, I take that back. Um Either it's CBS Sports Network or ESPN U. Two. They show U, certain. ESPN. Yeah, they show certain certain uh, 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 division or FCS 
playoff game. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking uh, ABC might swap ESPNU in that situation. But the thing is, everybody's going to have to turn turn tune in to this game and 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 watch. And also, I was just looking at the ticket prices today. They're not bad ticket prices for a game of that magnitude. Um, the highest ticket price is sixty bucks. Mm. So, so the tickets range between thirty to sixty bucks. Actually, from from fifteen to sixty bucks. Fifteen for students, sixteen max um, for for your nicer seats at the uh, at, at the Georgia Dome. So it's it's a relatively inexpensive ticket for those, especially for those of you that are in Atlanta already. And for those that can travel mm-hmm. to Atlanta that weekend, I would say do so, and you can see you a great game. In my personal opinion, it'll be um, an interesting clash of styles especially if it's a situation where it's like a run-slash-defense-heavy team like A&T and a pass-heavy right. team like Grambling, or you just have a, a great slugfest between Alcorn and A&T in that situation as well. Yeah. Oh, so how about this idea? And feel uh-huh. free to shut it down. Um, keep, the, keep the Celebration Bowl idea since pre, it's a pretty much a championship game between the, the SWAC champ and the MEAC champ. Once you have that, what do you think of the idea of having that game but moving it the week before the FCS playoffs start and have it kind of – and I know this is going to probably divide the, H, the HBCU presence in the playoffs, but have that as like a precursor to like a playoffs for a playoff spot in the college football – I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the FCS playoffs. Well, the, these are the only reasons why I'm shooting it down. It's not a bad idea okay. because I thought a similar I thought a similar idea, but the reasons why it, it will be shut down is this: first and foremost, mm-hmm. the SWAT championship game is a week prior. That's right. Yeah. So, so that'll be the first reason why it'll be shut shut down. The second reason mm-hmm. why it'll be shut down, and I brought this up, and I was looked at it like I was a fool when I brought this up. Why don't they just play one less game? Mm-hmm. Just play one less out of conference game go ahead, shorten the season by the week, or start the season a week early, which, is, which isn't impossible because it will be a late August game. Right. Have the season end. Exactly. Have the season end, then you go ahead and you, you play your championship game early, and you go ahead and, and you have your uh, Celebration Bowl champion participate, and then you have – a situation where I don't know if you would want to lose or to go to the um, to the playoffs, but the thing is this: what they're saying mm-hmm. is the way that it's done now in the MEAC, because SWAT teams don't they, they just um, abstain from playing in the playoffs altogether. What what, yeah. what the um, what the MEAC is saying, or what those that are fans of the playoffs are saying is, without a championship game, you can have at large teams make it to the playoffs. My counter to that is this. I want you to go ahead and, 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 and count how many times an, a MEAC squad has been named at large to the FCS playoffs. I'm, not thinking, I'm, I'm guessing guess. less than three. I, I'm guessing less than three. Okay. Since 1986, when they oh. expanded the playoffs to 16 games, and remember, they mm-hmm. subsequently expanded from 16 to 20 and then from 20 to 24. 
since 1986, when they made that first expansion, only six MEAC schools, but only six MEAC teams have made it to the playoffs as an at-large team. Wow. Six. Wow. Now, mind you, it has all happened post-1997, but it's only happened six times. And you know how many slots were available during that time period um, in terms of at-large? Probably, what, is it like five or six? Maybe seven or eight? Well, starting in 1986, you had eight slots available. And then it jumped right, from eight. Well, eight conference champions and eight at-large. And then okay. the at-large yeah. went from from eight to ten to 13. If you add all of those up, dating back to 1986, you had a possible 286 at-large kids available. And only six mm. times has a MEAC school filled an at-large bid. Wow. Only six. So why, if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a MEAC school, why am I holding my breath to make it as an at-large bid? Now, I will say. That's a good point. Those six, those six times have all happened post-1997. With a four mm-hmm. A and M and South Carolina State doing it twice, and South Carolina State doing it twice since twenty twelve was since twenty ten, but it's only been sixteen. It's only been six times total. I don't know if I'm holding my breath. Matter of fact, yeah. no at large have gone over the past two years. None. Mm. Mm. So why yeah. why why am I doing this? Why don't I just go ahead? not participate in the playoffs and try to make that money from a, a conference title game and from the Celebration Bowl as well. Now, I understand some of the cynics that say that having a conference title game will cost you money in order to do, but if it's done right in a conference where teams will attend, it'll work well and it'll make the conference money. You know what? Because I think about what you said about the swag doing it. The SWAC, I mean, granted, the SWAC's been around a long time, as has the MEAC, but mm-hmm. I guess the SWAC longer. But the point is that those you're talking about two different fan bases. The SWAC so, is like the black SEC. I completely agree with you. <laughs> you know, if you, In terms of history, I agree with you. The football, I mean, uh-huh. they really love the football, really love the football. And, you know, like, like, like those, those tennis figures that you shared earlier, it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense just thinking about it. I mean, it's, football is crazy down the swack. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, they're going to do it right. And they've been doing mm-hmm. it right, you know, if, if, you know when you like a, when we go over those figures. And plus, I have a sorority sister who went to Alabama A&M, or Alabama State, rather, and she takes pictures of Alabama A&M, Alabama State games every year. And man, those stadiums are almost packed to the hilt. The almost stadium that they play, the the, those, I think it's the, the Cramden Bowl in, in Birmingham. Yeah. It's where, um, God, I forgot what big school. I think it was the University of Alabama. They used to play there before they moved to their current mm-hmm. home. So I don't okay. know how big that, that stadium is. Now, the SWAT championship game, They've been doing well over 30,000-plus annually. The only problem for me with a MAC championship game would come from the teams 
which would be from the potential northern division. Now, the only way I'm coming up with this division is because it currently exists in the MEAC in both baseball and volleyball. Mm-hmm. The northern division will consist of teams of Delaware State, Howard, um, Norfolk State, Hampton, uh, who else would be in it? Potentially uh, Eastern Shore and Coppin, if they were to ask football, and maybe another team from the south would be added to the north if Tuskegee mm-hmm. comes in it. And my guess, okay. that team would be the the furthest north team um, probably in North Carolina, which would probably be North Carolina Central, which would be odd to have Central and A&T in two different divisions. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. those teams out of the north that I named, they don't travel too well when it comes to football. Morgan State, Delaware State, Howard, uh, Norfolk State. Hampton travels okay, but not as great as those southern schools. Now, unless the game is played at a central location, probably somewhere within D.C., Virginia, or North Carolina, it may be a benefit. But if it's somewhere south of North Carolina, those northern teams may not travel down, and it would affect the attendance of that game. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Especially gotcha. if it's not in the sexy city. If it's not in Charlotte, if it's not in, in Raleigh, if it's not in D.C., those northern school uh, cities, they may not come down, and it's going to be a problem with that fan base not having enough fans there. Gotcha. Well, I would think Charlotte would be – I would think Charlotte would be a great location because, I mean, if they already host the AC Championship game, they already host the belt ball. I think mm-hmm. with a lot of the schools, the southern schools in North Carolina, and there'll be a short trip, and as well as, I mean, even like South Carolina State, South Carolina State, mm-hmm. uh, Savannah State, um, that, that's a short drive for a lot of fans. And, yeah. um, and also, I'm thinking like Howard and Hampton, in particular, wouldn't have a problem getting there. Even Delaware State, because it's not—it's again—that's not the far of a drive for them. Uh, exactly. So I think Charlotte. I think Charlotte would be a viable location. Um, but uh, we're in a show here. Like we got two minutes. I know we could talk about this all night, but um, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is this? I think, I think the Miak should follow the SWAC lead. I don't know how they're going to do it, but whatever, how they, they, they figure it out, I think they should get a conference championship game. I think they will help attendance that they have it in North Carolina, particularly Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I, and, and also I think that the MEAC and the SWAC should go in together. Or actually, no. I mean, not just those two. The CIA, the CIAA, the SIAC, should all four should go in and create a black college Sports Network. I think it would be successful. I think it will bring a lot of money to a lot of the schools, much needed money mm-hmm. to a lot of those schools. And I think all they have to do is get – and I think the likes of ESPN and Fox Sports would be jumping out of bed to be a part of that. And I don't think they realize that. And you know who else do it? Who's that? The Comcast Sports Net. They can also do it because they also have networks – in all of these cities. I completely agree with you with, with all of your comments. 
But, you know, I, I also believe that Comcast Sports could be another viable situation outside of ESPN or Fox Sports or NBC Sports that could do it as well. So, so I, I'm, I just it, it just pains me to see that it's it's not working out for whatever reason. And again, I think I think if all the all the conferences will work together to get mm-hmm. this done, it's this is doable. This is very, very doable. Very doable. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't. It just boggles my mind why it's not already done. I mean, for example, you have a lot of AT alumni here in Cincinnati. You have a lot wow. of. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a big chapter, you know, that's here. It shot me too. Um, mm. You know, it's. I mean, it's, you got chapters in DC. You got chapter. You know, just give me an idea. Of the chapters of all these HBCUs around the country. You can't tell mm-hmm. me that that would be a failure. You can't tell me that having a black college sports network would be a f- object failure. It would not. It would. It would make money in spades. You know. I mean, hell, just just the body evenly out like among the major conferences, and I think the I think the problem would be solved. I think a lot of the early problems would be solved. A lot of these HBCU institutions in this country, and you know, it's you know, I I I just I just I just think it's a doable, it's a very doable option that I have a hard time wondering why it's not or hasn't already been done. That's, Scott, there are a lot of there's, there's a lot of antiquated thinking when it comes to the athletic departments and to these uh, athletic conferences in terms of how they think and how they operate. If it's not a, a way that they're used to, they're going to shun it. I'm, I'm liking some of the newer thought process that a lot of these newer commissioners and, and newer athletic directors are, are, are doing in order to make improvements, but until the, a new way is accepted, change will never be accepted, and, 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 and these conferences will never be able to move forward. And if they can't move forward, it's going to have to be the realization that they're going to have to move backwards to, to a Division two situation in order for them to succeed. Wow. Wow. Either that you know, or we you know, we should have a – this is worthy of a part two. I don't know who we could work some time in for in the future, but this is very interesting, my man. And, um, yeah, I mean, we could you – know, we should have, like, a big roundtable and, and, and discuss this seriously because there's no way in the hell that none of this has happened. No sports channel for HBCUs, like, more – no, like, not enough, like, celebration bowl type things or even – promoting a lot of the robbery games and a lot of these great conferences, it's no way in the world it should be happening. It's, it's no way in the world those things should not be happening right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that requires a roundtable discussion in the worst way. And um, you know what? But, I will be willing to do one with you, and it's a fantastic idea. The sad thing is, Scott, these are all ideas and conversations that have been had for a very long time. And for whatever yeah. reason – they just can't seem to, to to generate themselves into fruition. I have no idea why. Mm, well, case the roster up, bro. But uh, exactly. <laughs> on that note, we just have to wrap it up. Yeah, I was going to get into some college basketball for a little bit, but uh, 
it's great to have football dominating the conversation and what could cure the ails of, of black college sports in the conversation. So we just have to do this again really, really, really soon. But in the meantime, thank you very much again, brother. This has been a great podcast. And I hope that HBCU alums would actually uh, tune in and maybe archive it and, and get on board with it. And so maybe yes, they can just please, offer the please. feedback as well. Watch this game. The future of this game is depending upon this first one and how it's viewed right. and how it's attended. So let that be known. And one basketball thing real quick, one quick tidbit outside of yes, some sir. of the big upsets that have happened, especially from SWAC schools. Congratulations to Steve Joyner Sr., head coach over at Jack, uh, Johnson C. Smith, for winning his 500th career basketball game as a head coach last week. Congratulations to him. What's up? That's, that's what's up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Nice shout-out. Thanks again, Dwayne. We'll, we'll talk soon, No bro. problem at all. All right. Peace. Hey, that was with Amanda Wayne Nash. Great conversation on HBCU sports in this country. Please, 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 uh, to like uh, archive the show and make your own comments about how we can fix the what cures the ills of financial uh, lifeblood of these um, HBCUs, and so we can keep them going for another 10, 20, 30 years. So, anyway, this is Scott Perks, the client. I was signing off. Oh six, y'all. Good night.